0: TESOL POP, Season 5, Episode 1. Hello and welcome to TSO POP. My name is Laura and joining me today to talk about creating a work-life balance is Martin. Martin is the world's first online fitness coach who solely focuses on teachers and helping them live happier and healthier lives. To find out more about the great work Martin does, then check out his Instagram page at the PT. Thank you for your time, Martin, and welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited for it.
0: In today's episode, we're going to reflect on some of the challenges that we as teachers often face in balancing the demands of work with time we need for ourselves. We're going to talk about ways in which we can say no effectively when we need to, as well as share strategies that we can try to create a healthier and happier work-life balance. So, Martin, on the Teachers PT Instagram page, you talk a lot about how important it is for teachers to create a healthy work-life balance. Could you share a bit about your background and what motivated you to help teachers?
1: Yeah, so kind of, it's something that's really close to my heart. And I think that comes from spending a decade in the classroom myself. I was a primary school teacher. I went to university for four years and then I taught in the classroom, mainly in year five for like a decade. And I've noticed, especially at the start, like the lifestyle that I was living just wasn't healthy. Like it was, I wouldn't say I had the healthiest lifestyle as a kid, but it wasn't a massively unhealthy one. But I noticed when I started work, that stress, everything that way piled on, the weight piled on. I wasn't feeling as comfortable in my clothes and I wasn't having a life outside school. And kind of, I think about two years in, I thought, oh. If I don't do something here, like where am I going to be in like 20 years? Where am I going to be when I retire? So I got my own coach. I sorted myself out and I really focused on me. And then almost, I think like most good things in life, it just kind of spiraled from there. Like I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm enjoying this. I'm going to get a personal trainer qualification to learn more for myself. I needed a few guinea pigs. So a couple of mates from school started helping me. They got really good shape. A couple of their mates started and then it went bigger and bigger and bigger till I found myself just doing it for a full-time career.
0: You obviously work with a lot of teachers who are your clients and you've experienced this yourself being a teacher for over a decade, like you said. What are some of the challenges you commonly hear from teachers who you work with?
1: There's, there's tons of challenges, but I think the biggest challenge is that work-life balance. And I think that comes from two places, really. It comes from an inability for teachers to say no. And that comes from the guilt of wanting to put the kids first, you know, feeling like if they're saying no, then they're letting people down. And the other side of it is just that kind of, I think if you go into teaching, you're not doing it for the money. You're doing it because you love helping others. You love kind of seeing others progress. Kind of what we were talking about earlier with me. And the trouble with that is you often end up at the bottom of the pile. And then you just end up in a place where work is your life. And then from that, so many other things come. You get massive amounts of stress because of it. From school, from everything. Then that results in other things like you binge eating. You're working all the time, so you can't go out and enjoy your life. You're gaining weight quickly because of that binge eating, because of that stress eating. You're not living the healthy lifestyle. Then all of a sudden, kind of, you're in a place where you don't like where you are. And then you even lean into work even more because work's the only thing you feel you're good at and almost becomes a safe space. And then that spirals and spirals. So to me, the the biggest challenge is creating a healthy work-life balance, creating a work-life balance, which then gives you the ability to go to the gym, gives you the ability to think and prep your food, gives you the ability to not lean on food when you're stressed. Like I'd say they're the biggest ones for me.
0: And like you mentioned, like a big part of creating this work-life balance is the ability to say no and be able to say no in a nice way, effectively, right? Um, yeah. You can't just say no to your boss without a reason, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can try, but it doesn't always go down too well. So I, I know it, it can be really difficult to say no at times, even when it's not feasible or sustainable and your workload is increasing. How can teachers you find themselves in the situation, say no in an effective way?
1: What you need to remember is the most important reason why you're in that school is to teach the kids, is to have the energy to actually turn up and not be a bit of a zombie in the classroom because you spent four hours last night doing a lesson strategy plan or typing up notes or marking books to a ridiculous standard, which don't even help the children. So it's about first remembering that it's not about saying yes, just because you've got a time slot, but thinking about protecting your energy so that you can turn up where it matters in the classroom. And then the thing then, once you've got that in your mind, is to remember that you don't have to give a massive excuse for everything. Like if your boss says to you, can you do this for me? I think one of the best strategies you can do is say, Oh, I'm not too sure. Can I check my diary and get back to you? And then by saying that, you're not saying no straight away. You're giving yourself time to kind of cool down. I think we've all been in those moments where we feel under pressure, we agree to something, and then later on think, oh, I wish I would have said this, or oh, I should have said this. And if you give yourself that little bit of buffer and just say, Oh, I'm not too sure. Can I come back to you after check my diary? Like, no one's going to say no there. No one's going to say, no, you have to give me an answer now. And it's about using a strategy like that. And then later on, just go into them and say, oh, I've checked my diary. And I am absolutely swamped Which being a teacher. You will be. You can even take your diary with you. And like, you don't have to go into a massive explanation of it. You can just say, I've checked. Like, there's no space to do that. And then that will either result in one or two things. A, you don't have to do it. Or B, which has happened quite a lot with the teachers I work with, their heads, the teachers in their school, have given them time to do it. They'll give them extra PPA time. They'll give them time out of class so that they can get it done during school hours so that they're not sitting up at home till 10 a.m. on a Saturday night to try and get it done.
0: And really opening up that uh, room for collaboration so the senior leadership can support you in creating spaces, right, Um, on your timetable because they obviously have strategies too that they want to achieve. And I think that's really good to kind of make that work transparent, make it visible. Yeah. And then they can help you and you can work together rather than it remaining hidden. Because so much work, I think, for teachers is quite hidden. You know, the planning, yeah. the marking. Oh gosh, the other things you have to do. There's like a thousand and one things like you talk about on the teachers list.
1: And, and no one talks about it. I think that's the trouble, isn't it? No one talks about it, as you were saying. And then everyone thinks that everyone else is coping with it fantastically. Everyone else thinks that. Everyone else is brilliant at it. And it's just me struggling. But if people talked about it, if people shared that more, they'd realize that. Everyone was struggling with it. Like a head might introduce a new marking policy and not realize that everyone detests it and everyone hates it because no one wants to say, this is a joke. And they think, oh, this is brilliant. Where if someone said to them, this is, this is putting four hours a week extra on my marking, they'd be like, oh, is it worth four hours of your time? maybe not maybe we should change it
0: you've given really good strategies on saying no effectively by making the work visible and engaging in a conversation with senior staff about what's feasible and what could be changed to make the additional work or that request feasible what other strategies can teachers try to help create a healthier work-life balance
1: i think one of them that we've talked about a lot is that ability to talk and share more like i think as we talk about a lot, like. So many teachers just bottle it all up. And the more you can share, the better. And then an important thing with that is to lean on your support staff as well. Like anyone that works with me, I've always got four things that I ask them to do and it's the four Ds. And that's when you've got tasks, when you've got your big list, think of it in four ways. Can I delete it? Can I delay it? Can I delegate it? Or do I have to do it? And when you're thinking about it that way, you're going to have a load of jobs that you can just get rid of because you're either just going to bin them because they're not worth doing or you can delegate them to other people where it's not going to be as much of a stress. Like your teaching assistant, like teaching assistants are fantastic in the classroom, but there's so much more they could be doing in that lesson time where then it can just make your life so much easier. And then delaying stuff, realizing that not everything has to be done as quickly as possible, but giving yourself that balance that way and then an ultimate one once you've kind of mastered that is also to ask why like when someone brings in a new strategy not in a like aggressive challenging way but just ask like how does it save the children and if you're always asking that if there's an answer where it's like oh um we don't really know we just want to try it then you know like just scrap that just be like, I don't need to do that because it's not serving the kids. And the more we can ask why about things that are happening inside schools, that's when the busy work, the paperwork is going to just be binned because then you're not going to have to put like the verbal feedback stamp in a book when you've verbal feedback. Like little things like that, which just add up and they are just so pointless. Like I'd say they're my two big ones as well as that saying No.
0: And coming back to that why knowing why you're doing something and why a team is working towards something is far more motivating when you can attach it to the overall mission of the school or the vision for that year even the most mundane tasks when you have a why attached to it and it does actually have meaning it's like okay i can understand why i'm doing this particular report format because it makes it more accessible for parents or something like that that I find really helps when I don't want to do something is to kind of remind myself yeah. of how it connects to the mission.
1: Oh, hundred percent. And I think a real one, which always stands out for me on that, like asking why mm-hmm. perfect example. I was at a school I used to work in the head said, right in everyone's book, in every lesson at the end, there has to be two stars and a wish you have to write it in the book so that we can see it. And I was remember the year one teacher saying, do I have to do this? And she, he, he was like, of course you do. Like, this is a school policy. We all have to do this. Why do you think you're exempt? And she said, well, mine can't read yet. And and he was like, yeah, but then you have to then read it to them. And she was like, well, can't I just read it to them? Like, can't I just tell them? Because I'm doing that anyway. And I think if, like, if she hadn't have asked, she would have spent an extra four hours, five hours, six hours a week doing something she didn't have to do.
0: These are all really helpful tips. So as a parting gift, what is one thing that listeners can take away that they can start with today?
1: To me, probably my favorite thing that I always talk about is being 1% better. Like too many people bite off more than they can chew. They go full hog into it, whether it's teaching, whether it's the diet, whether it's the training, whatever it is. They don't look at the step in front of them. They look at the mountain they've got to climb instead. And often they fail because of that. And to me, it's all about becoming 1% better. Like a perfect analogy for me is going upstairs. Like no one thinks about going up to bed. You just go up the stairs. But if you took those stairs away, everyone would be sleeping on the couch. And it's that thing of like, we just want to take it one step at a time, get a little bit better this week than you were last week. Because if you're massively stressed with work or you're really struggling with binge eating or anything that way, you're not going to fix it overnight, but you just have to make this week a little bit better than last week. And if you keep going like that for a year, you will notice a massive difference.
0: Martin, it's been really inspiring talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your tips and, um, motivational uh, message to to (laughs) listeners today i appreciate it
1: oh no thanks for having me i've really enjoyed it
0: if you would like to find out more about martin then remember you can go to his instagram page the teachers pt and i will hyperlink that on the website so you can find him easily as usual if you have a question or an idea that you'd like to pitch for the podcast then you can get in touch via facebook instagram or the website teesopop.com